Get ready. Hello, welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kami Jace, your host. Paul, I don't know where Paul is. Paul is somewhere. Maybe he'll show up later in the episode. Maybe he won't, because, you know, life's weird. It just happens that way sometimes. And, you know, it's fine. It's cool. No biggie. If you're joining us for the first time, this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week, and we get to know our guest. It is episode 139 of the Weekly Cooldown, and it is November 19th, almost Thanksgiving. Our main stories this week, a whole lot of Blizzard stuff. Bobby Kotick is in some trouble. Uh, Blizzard is in some trouble, it sounds like. Uh, also, we are going to talk about the GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition and a lot of the bugs and glitches that people are finding through playing that game. And we're going to talk about the Game Awards, but first... We've got headlines, so let's get to them. Amazon's new world is back in the news this week, this time due to a glitch that causes Amazon game, that caused Amazon games to shut down the game's entire economy. Thanks to the item duplication glitch, players were exploiting the game to produce multiple expensive furniture items that gave buffs to players. While it seems some players were reporting the glitch in-game, Amazon did not act until the information on how to perform the glitch began circulating on social media and on the official forums. This is not the first time Amazon Games has had to shut down either the game or the game's economy, or has had some aspect of the New World game halted due to glitches or crashes. Players have been reporting all kinds of glitches, bugs, and general issues with the game since its release in September, including a feature of the game which allowed you to enter code into the chat chat text box, which caused some players' games to crash upon hovering over the string of text. Amazon Games has restored the ability to transfer funds as of this recording, but has replaced certain items as non-tradable until further notice. A new asymmetrical anime multiplayer game set in the Dragon Ball universe was announced this week, currently set to release sometime in 2022. Dragon Ball The Breakers puts seven civilians against a powerful villain which the game calls a raider. Much like Dead by Daylight, it is up to the raider to find and capture or otherwise harm the civilians. By fulfilling certain conditions, like Cell essentially eating civilians, the raider can level up and change forms, becoming over overwhelmingly powerful if they reach their final form. Civilians come equipped with different skills and abilities to help them escape the big bad, including some items that allow you to take on Saiyan-like powers to give you a chance to fight back against the raider. Right now it seems that Dragon Ball The Breakers is due for only PC sometime next year, with a beta likely around the corner. Warner Brothers has decided to enter the platform fighter game universe with multiverses a game that takes warner brothers iconic characters like batman superman finn the human steven universe tom and jerry shaggy from scooby-doo and Arya stark from game of thrones and puts them into a platform fighter 
It is certainly a strange roster to start with, uh, with more characters likely on the way. Some leaks even suggest that Gandalf might be coming as a playable fighter. While Multiverses only offers, or rather, offers a 1v1 and 4-player free-for-all mode, co-founder and director of Player First Games, Tony Hyun, says that Multiverses is largely centered around 2v2 teamwork-style gameplay. We don't know what the exact release date is going to be, but Multiverses is currently due in 2022. And finally, Sega has released a line of game-specific colognes. As of this recording, the colognes are only available on the UK version of the Sega shop for pre-order, and comes in three cents based on three different games. The official Yakuza cologne, Bourbon and Smoke, the Shenmue cologne, Tobacco and Gold, and the Sonic scent, known as Blue Blur. If you're wondering, according to the website Sonic the Hedgehog's Blue Blur, Smells of fresh citrus, leather, suede, and cedar. And those are just some of the headlines for this week. News is moving too fast this week. But if you have any other questions, comments, concerns, you can always reach out to me at Gaming on Twitter or at WKCooldown on Twitter. Go bother Paul, too, at Paul's Rockin' Twit. Give him something to do. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> we've got a guest. A guest who I I believe has been here before. I have been here before. You have been here before. We uh we got into an argument about Resident Evil, and I'm excited to say we're going to do that again later in the show. Are we? Yeah, Wait, we what are. What was that argument about? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think I liked one of the games more than you did, and I think that's going to be the that case today. That makes sense. That sounds like something that I would argue with someone about. <laughs> and then I brought up the movies, and <laughs> that was a whole thing. Oh. You did bring up the movies. Now I do remember. <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> how did we introduce you? Was it Moss? Yeah. Uh, Moss. Uh, I'm Moss. Moss. Uh, my, I also go by Joe. Uh, I do Twitch stuff sometimes. Why do you go by Moss or Joe? Well, so Joe is my actual name. Okay. And then Moss was like my online name. And then I kind of stopped dropping that or started dropping that when I started uh, or when I stopped rather doing online stuff as much because I haven't been uh, as present on Twitch as I was when I last graced your airwaves. Mm. But I do have something coming up that I'm very excited about. Uh, My good friend Walter Braley and I are reviving our movie show called The Movie Good Show. And we're going to be doing um, a big series on slashers where we're going to watch every movie in a slasher franchise and talk about them and then maybe uh, try to write what our own sequel would be. Ooh. Yeah, so it's we're starting with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, which I've only seen. I say I've only seen, but now I realize that I've seen like three or four of them. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun, goofy time. And Freddy Krueger is going to say some bad words to people. Very cool. I'm into it. I love it. Yeah. Movie good show. Yeah. And it's on twitch.tv slash old underscore man underscore moss. Old man moss. Perfect. Super good. So, Joe, what have you been playing this week? I'm glad you asked. I wrote down a list. Oh, God. Uh, Okay. I want to start with Ding Dong XL. Have you heard of it? No. What? Okay. So... It's called Ding Dong XL, and it start. I think it was originally just a mobile game, 
and it now I've been playing it on Switch. Uh, it's a great little game. I got it for a buck off of uh, one Jared Petty's recommendation, and basically, it's like uh, you're, you're a little ball, and there's stuff flying across the screen, and you hit a button to fly to the other side, and then you hit a button to fly back, and you just got to do that a bunch of times and see how high you can get your score. <laughs> okay. Pretty pretty good way to kill an hour. No. Accidentally. Um, I I can see that happening, but what is the so? Are you not supposed to hit the things that are flying back and forth? No, you don't want to hit the things. Okay. It's you're just dodging things and moving across the screen. So it's like single player pong, but yeah. with obstacles. Yes. Okay, I think I could get into this. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a cool little a yeah for a buck, you know, worth checking out. Um, the other one that has been consuming my time lately has been Dead by Daylight. Okay. I've been really into Dead by Daylight. Um, I got into it in, like last month when they had a bunch of sales on their Halloween stuff. And so it's like, oh, you know, I'll pick up a pack and play around for a little bit. But surprisingly, it has sucked me in. I've been having a great time playing. And now I'm privy to a whole new subreddit of memes. Very cool. Yeah. Have you have you played much before? Um, I, I'm like very anxious about... Dead by Daylight. <laughs> Whenever I play it, I get very scared. I start like yelling underneath my breath or like freaking out, constantly looking behind me. I also can't do quick time skill checks, and that game loves to throw that at me like every oh, yeah. three seconds. So <laughs> yeah. I fail constantly, and I'm, I'm just not good at that game. Fair enough. Um, it is a good way to get my adrenaline going, but other than that, like, I hate it. Yeah. It's, uh, I didn't like it with the first time I got around into it. And then I started playing it with friends and that really changed the mood for me. Um, cause mm-hmm. then you're, I don't know. There's something about like being by yourself and then Michael Myers jumps yeah. out and scares you and you're like, Oh, this is terrible. But then you're playing with friends and Michael Myers jumps out and scares you and you get to be like, Hey, this loser in the white mask, uh, thought he could stab me. And he did. It's it's terrifying either way for me. Yeah. Like, I don't know why, but even playing amongst friends, I'm like, I start freaking out. I'm like, where is everybody? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a, I, I generally like horror games, but there is something about being, like, weaponless and, you know, my only skills being I jump through a window or I throw down a placard of wood. Yeah. Um... And it just frightens me to no to no end. It's it's really good in that way. Like I enjoy, in a way, being frightened. But I'm also like, why can't I do anything else? <laughs> right. It's a very disempowering game. <laughs> yes. Um. Are you interested at all in Dragon Ball the Breakers? Kind of. Kind of. I guess. Like. Um. You know, I like the gameplay of Dead by Daylight. But the thing that really does it for me is, like, the atmosphere and the mood and the characters. Mm-hmm. I think, like, that is honestly what's keeping me around. And so, um, you know, it'd be cool if another ASIM game like that grabbed my attention. But I'm not, like, the biggest Dragon Ball guy. Mm-hmm. I, I just I think that just missed me. And so I don't know if I'll give it a shot. But if, you know, I hear good things, I'm, I'm you know, I'll check it out for sure. It looks like such a 
out of the box idea for Dragon Ball, which is why I think I'm interested in it. Um, and also I've seen a lot of Dragon Ball fans like really upset about this because (laughs) I guess they were expecting either another Xenoverse game or like the 50th fighter that they have for Dragon Ball games. So I'm like, you know, you guys don't want to mix it up a little bit. Like, you're that upset that you have to run away from Cell and and then not fight him for once? Like, come on. Yeah, it's like the first half of season two. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can chill. You can chill. Just run away for a while. It's great. Sorry, I'm I'm realizing now that that was Frieza and not Cell, so I just want to get ahead of that story that I made an incorrect Dragon Ball reference. Joe makes incorrect Dragon Ball reference. Yeah, it's it's, already it's already in the New York Times. I'm sorry, man. Crap. All right. Well, at least I'm not the only one in the New York Times. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, Very good. Very good. Well, uh, we are going to take a quick break and then we're going to get to all the news. So stick around. I'm Danny over here at the Wheel Weaves podcast, where we're diving into the series The Wheel of Time. Are you a super fan? Awesome. Never heard of it? No problem. The Wheel of Time is one of the top-selling fantasy series ever, and it was picked up by Amazon to be the next big TV show. Our podcast is safe for first-time readers because it's made by me, a first-time reader. I'm joined by my co-host Brett, a longtime fan, who is acting as my tour guide as we journey into the series for chapter analysis, character breakdown, and probably wrong predictions. Find us at the Wheel Weaves podcast on social media and listen in on your favorite podcasting app. Remember that one movie? The one you can't quite remember. You wonder if maybe you made it up. Because it sounds too bizarre to be real. One day, right before Christmas, the dad gets shot? An old man dies and leaves all his money to his cat. There's a siege for whatever reason, and a sexy corn-on-the-cob seduction scene. This kid's hair falls out, and ghosts tell him to put peanut butter on his head, and he winds up getting kidnapped by an evil artist who keeps him asleep and uses his hair to make magic paintbrushes. I'm Julia Rios. And I'm Jeffrey Pelton. We're two Boston-area comedians, and we watch all the movies from our childhood that made us who we are today. For better. Or for worse. Come be traumatized with us. Add This Is Why We're Like This on your podcatcher of choice. And subscribe to our newsletter at thisiswhywerelikethis.substack.com so you'll never have to miss a picture of a businessman hugging a pound puppy. Welcome back to the show. So, it's time to get into the news, and boy, what a what a week. So, <laughs> that's putting should, it mildly. Yes, I should preface this by saying at the start of the week, we got some news about CEO Bobby Kotick of Activision Blizzard, um, potentially knowing about the allegations ahead of time years in advance or rather i should say he knew at the time and covered it up so this has been part of his life for many years and now it's part of our lives 
now. Um, so it's a constantly evolving story. At the time of this recording, things may have changed. We might know something new. So bear with, bear with us. Here we go. As I said, it is a constantly evolving story, as we've spoken about here on this show, and as other journalistic outfits have been reporting, Activision Blizzard is currently involved in a lawsuit relating to sexual harassment and other such allegations. The lawsuit was brought forth by the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing in July. The lawsuit detailed claims of what it called frat boy culture. Since then, more and more details and narratives have come out and as of this recording, we now know that some of the alleged misconduct was also on part of CEO Bobby Kotick. Uh, we also know that Kotick knew for years about the allegation and usually settled out of court in nearly each case. Um, additionally, we now know that an email that we once thought was sent by Activision Blizzard's chief compliance officer, Francis Townsend, after the allegations came out um, and after the lawsuit came out, uh, was actually sent by Bobby Kodak himself, despite the CEO blasting Townsend for being tone deaf in her email for rhetoric that seemed to push back against journalists and employees of Activision Blizzard. Kodak has since denied all the allegations, which largely come from a story printed in the Wall Street Journal. And it goes so much deeper than that, right? Like, I, that headline kind of just scratches the surface. Right. Um, we also know things like uh, one of the co-leaders that they hired, Jennifer O'Neill, um, quit after three months um, because she found out she was making less money than her male counterpart mm-hmm. and would not uh, be getting a raise, right? She tried to get, you know, her her uh, more equitable, equitable pay um, and they wouldn't give it to her. She said she felt tokenized, uh, marginalized, and discriminated against, and then finally handed in her resigna- resignation. Um, it's it's bad, right? Like it's bad, yeah. That's like the baseline for this. It is upsetting a lot of, first of all, um, Blizzard employees who have now um, been sending out a petition saying mm-hmm. that they want Kodak removed as CEO. Um, also there's petitions, uh, amongst, uh, the general public who also say the same thing. Um, a small group of shareholders too. Yes. Um, which is actually kind of fascinating considering that they have an interesting severance pa- package for Bobby Kotick. Um, Kodak makes somewhere around 150 to $200 million a year. Go team. Um, but also, if he were to be um, removed from his position by a vote from the, the board of uh, directors or whoever, um, you know, is his boss, basically, mm-hmm. um, he would be given a package of almost $300 million. So, like, do we want him to leave or do we want him to sit in his chair and do what we say, right? Like, what do we do here? Uh, I do I do think we want him to leave because I think at, at some point, you know, is it about punishing Kotick or is it about making Activision Blizzard a better workplace? Sure. You know, and I think, you you know, obviously Kotick needs to have some sort of comeuppance, uh, but... You, that, you know, it starts with him, the CEO, and it cascades down. 
Um, and so, you know, I think all of these calls for his resignation are coming from a really good and informed place that, you know, he needs to go. He's been, this isn't the first time he's been in the headlines. It's mm-hmm. maybe the first time that they've been so bad about him. Um, but, you know, a lot of the stuff that took place at Activision Blizzard doesn't happen without him. Right. You're absolutely right about that. Um, I have to wonder, like, there's there's some kind of reckoning going on, right? Uh, Especially in California, where a lot of these gaming companies are headquartered. Um, Last year and the year before, we were focused on riots, allegations of uh, misconduct, and um, discrimination against women, largely. Um, that was constantly in the headlines. And then amongst that, we also got a, a large reckoning that was happening in the fighting game community where a lot of women were coming uh, forward and saying that a lot of uh, fighting game personalities were harassing them mm-hmm. um, sexually and otherwise. Um, and there's just this like constant reckoning against the culture, right? The really really terrible culture that has been just kind of simmering right in in gaming for god knows how long <laughs> um and and now we're it's kind of like bubbled over right yeah uh which is it's interesting that these are coming from you know all kinds of studios like it's not just um the big ones it's coming from i forget the some some indie studio that was beloved turns out the guy who ran it the visionary turned out to be a giant piece of shit um mm-hmm. which isn't you know that's not an isolated story you could yeah. copy and paste a couple names in there uh i do think it's interesting how much power the workers at activision blizzard especially are trying to take on this they have the abk workers alliance they stage that giant walkout um, it feels like it's getting closer and closer to unionization, uh, which would be huge. Yes, and actually that is kind of part of the story as well. Um, there were a number of um, employees who were fired kind of under like mysterious circumstances, right? And what we are speculating, um, because of course the company has come up with some other reason why they were let go, um, is that they were let go both because of the walkouts and things that they've said regarding the lawsuit against Blizzard, um, but also because there have been calls for unionization at Activision Blizzard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we think there's like some heavy retaliatory practices going on, which would line up with the way that Bobby Kodak has been treating people mm-hmm. <laughs> over the past couple or not even a couple of years, maybe two, almost two decades now. And, you know, with, um, the you know Activision board, I believe, or whoever, uh, you know, they've been doubling down that Kodak didn't do anything wrong, and I think part of that is kind of what you're saying that as soon as they admit that he's wrong and they oust him, they're giving workers power that they don't want to cede. Right. But uh, like you said, it's reaching a boiling point, um, and hopefully this leads to better labor practices in, in games and anywhere really, but you know especially in games where. That has been discouraged because, uh, well, if you love if you love what you do, why aren't you willing to sacrifice every part of your life for it? You know, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we reported 
I think last week, not last week, but last episode, that uh, Kodak has recently taken a pay cut down to the lowest he could, which was, I believe, something like $62,000 a year, um, which is a big jump, which, because you know, it brings his uh, original salary of, again, about, uh, what was it, 200 and some odd million dollars down mm-hmm. to the absolute lowest, ba- the base salary, basically. Right. Um, and it seemed like he was trying to say, like, he did it for, you know, the workers or because of the lawsuit. But it, in actuality, it does seem like the board asked him to take this cut. And by ask, we probably mean forced, um, to, um, given everything that's been happening. Um, right. This happened, I believe, uh, closer to October, actually. So probably a few weeks ago when we spoke on that story. So it's, it, I mean, it's just, constantly constantly evolving constantly piling up um we don't know what's going to happen um maybe by monday we'll be uh saying bye to bobby yeah it feels like every day there's a new a new update yep um but yeah let's let's hope this pans out in favor of the workers yes and the the victims of his bullshit pardon my french no you please speak that french (laughs) Um, all right. Well, uh, knowing some Blizzard employees, I do say that we are on your side because it, uh, sucks to have shitty leadership and y'all don't need that. Y'all got overwatches to make. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So our next story, Grand Theft Auto. People are finding a lot of faults with the latest GTA Trilogy Definitive Edition. To start, the game was apparently unplayable on PC due to files being included unintentionally in the PC version. Since removing those files, the game has returned to the Rockstar Games launcher for purchase and play. Players, however, are still unhappy with the overall look and feel of the game and have been documenting graphical glitches, badly rendered, and redesigned characters. And boy, oh boy... (laughs) I wish this were a visual medium. Um, <laughs> it's it's simply the worst, right? It's a hot it, mess. It does not look very good. Um, and I think this is largely due to rushing. Um, I th- or something. I don't know. There's some kind of rushing going on. or um, Some people are speculating that perhaps uh, the new rendering wasn't done by hand by actual developers, but instead by some kind of AI program, mm-hmm. um, simply because the facial reconstructions, the body movements, the even down to the fingers look terrible. Um, they're not in place. They don't look good. Um, CJ doesn't look like CJ. Um, <laughs> it's just real bad. And on top of that, there's a lot of misspellings in um certain areas oh are there i I didn't hear about that that's funny yeah yeah. so the welcome to vice city sign is actually missing an e (laughs) um there's a sign that says uh you know like it's like a mexican restaurant and it says you can tacos um burritos tortas and instead of enchiladas um the d is an o cool um yeah so little things right like tiny tiny things but nonetheless things that seem to um that that an ai would make um 
issues with, right? Like right. Not, not being able to differentiate a D and an O. Right. It just feels like the team that made this wasn't given the resources necessarily they needed to pull it off. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think it's interesting because for a while there was the big three game companies that could do no wrong. And it was Blizzard, Rockstar, and CD Projekt Red. Mm. And, uh, well, the giants have fallen. Yes. <laughs> um, I, both I think for... a lot of this is due to just, like, like you said, not having the um support that you need to make the game but also maybe due to fan rabid fan bases <laughs> maybe but then you know who is who is clamoring for the the remasters of these games that you that could already play right because it um they were on every storefront question mark and then they pulled the versions that worked and then put out the ones that didn't work so people could drop uh what 40 60 bucks 60 dollars 60 60 dollars jesus um it's hard not to feel like this was a bit of a cash grab sure um it definitely feels like they needed to put something out between the oh i don't know 10 year gap that is gta 5 to gta 5 um (laughs) so they went with you know upscaling the game which seems like a pretty good idea sure um until this <laughs> right um a lot of people thought that it was fishy when they were promoting the game that they were only showing some cutscenes. um you know no real gameplay just a few cutscenes here and there some mm-hmm. driving um but n- no real up close shots of anyone's faces <laughs> yeah um so it, it, for good reason i guess A- and it it also calls into question you know like you said um People were kind of already playing the versions of these games that were available. Mm-hmm. Um, San Andreas specifically is, I believe, still available on Steam if you bought it already, but um, it may not be anymore. Um, and and then you you know you come over to the definitive edition and you're like, cool, I'm gonna replay it in high res, cool GTA graphics, except mm-hmm. not not really. Right. Yeah, it's just kind of a. It's a letdown, you know, um, especially in the part. The part that really sticks in my craw is they delisted the other versions. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I get wanting to only have the one thing come up to not confuse consumers. But at the same time, uh, those versions functionally don't exist anymore unless you already have them. And now the only thing you can play is the janky broken mess that may or may not get fixed. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Um, it's, I don't know what to do, man. Right. I, it, cause it, I wanted this to be cool, right? Yeah. I felt, I felt like a pang to get this. I was like, should I pre-order it? No, I'm going to wait, but maybe I shouldn't. And I'm glad I did. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. glad I did wait. Um, because it just, um, it feels bad to, get hype especially for something with the nostalgia factor um only to get something completely lackluster right right it's uh you know a lot of times i feel like going back to older games you're like oh this doesn't play how i remember um uh but with this it's just broken yes (laughs) the the old versions worked fine and then they broke it Mm -hmm. and it sucks too because if they want to do if they want more GTA games out there to give them a quick cash grab, 
uh, Rockstar, if you're listening, I really need you to put the Vita and the DS games on Switch. Mm. Uh, I don't. I would really like to be able to play Chinatown Wars on Switch. Yeah. Rockstar, also, if you're listening, you could fix this one, by the way. Sony, if you're listening, Vita 2. <laughs> Let's bring it back. Let's bring, bring it back. back Vita. Do you want the Vita or the PSP? Uh, you know, I want the Vita. Um, if only because you can play every PSP game on a Vita. Although I did love my PSP. Yeah. Uh, I had a Jaden Smith Karate Kid UMD that I got in whatever GameStop bundle. Good lord. <laughs> yeah, it was great. What and a then, thing to get. And I remember the coolest kid I knew in like fifth grade was the guy on the bus that had a family guy UMD and he would let me watch it with him. That's <laughs> that Pretty is cool. both adorable and like I want to strangle you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, we started talking about the GTA Definitive Edition, and then I immediately pivoted to the Vita. And and then Family Guy. Yeah, the Family Guy Vita. The, they should put like... they should put Family Guy in multiverses. Mm. Who does Warner Brothers own? Who can they put um, in there that's funny? Well, so I think you have to think about it as who does AT and T own. Um, oh, which... they can put uh, the the lady from the AT and T commercials. Oh yeah, you're right. What's her they name, Lucy? She can put... wave dash into Batman. <laughs> they could put all kinds of customer service uh, uh, <laughs> actors into their Warner Brothers. The concept of five G has entered the fray. <laughs> Bad customer service has entered the fray. Um, I think. Uh, someone was saying that there should be like an HBO crossover, so you get like John Oliver versus like Arya Stark, Roman Roy versus Jake the Dog. <laughs> I will pay eighty dollars for the su- Succession yeah, right. DLC for <laughs> multiverse. I want to play as Bill Maher. Yeah, and yeah, and just run off the stage. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're listening to to this, Warner Brothers. I know you are. We're in the same city. You have to make this game the way that I say. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, it's time for the Game Awards. Um, yes. The reason uh, news is usually slow during this time of year is because there's usually lots of award shows, and that's usually what we're focused on. Um, Blizzard, unfortunately, is taking some of that spotlight this, this uh, month, week. But we still have some award shows coming up. Uh, in about a week, we have the Golden Joysticks. Um, but in about two to three weeks, we have the Video Game Awards hosted by... What's his name? We Jeff Keighley. Jeff Keighley. He's, uh, I'm glad to see he made it out of Death Stranding alive. <laughs> yeah, he was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, he plays Luden's fan. That's right. That's right. Glad to, glad to see you're out, Jeff. <laughs> Welcome to the real world. Good luck in L.A. Um, the Windy so, City. The Windy City, L.A.? Yeah. Got it. Um, not the home of, like, you know, Hollywood. The Windy City. Yeah, the Big Apple. Got it. <laughs> Got it. The Big Apple. So, the Game Awards is happening, uh, airing December 9th. It is always live. It will be at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. We will likely be watching it virtually because COVID is still out there. But uh, 
that doesn't mean that we can't get in on some of these nominees. Uh, which which are we tackling first? Uh, up to you. Okay. So let's just take the big one. Okay. Let's start with the big one. Game of the Year, right? Yeah. Game of the Year nominees are as follows. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. What are we doing? Okay. Do you want to know uh, my personal pick or do you want to know my prediction? Okay. Prediction and then personal pick. Okay. My pick or my prediction is Deathloop. Okay. Uh, I don't think any of these... Any other game on this list quite had the buzz that Deathloop got, hmm. especially since I think of the four AAA games on here, Deathloop is the AAAest of them all. Okay, uh, it had the arcane, uh, you know, marketing budget behind it, and that's not to say that like Capcom and Insomniac uh, and Nintendo uh, aren't competitors there, but like Deathloop was everywhere Mm -hmm. and i think it is uh compared to it takes two which i think was maybe not was a bit more divisive than anything metroid dread which feels like even though it's metroid it feels a little niche right Mm -hmm. uh psychonauts 2 i think that feels like an honorable mention uh nomination even though like i heard great things right but i am interested to know who's gonna take psychonauts 2 over Deathloop. And then Ratchet and Clank and Resident Evil both, I think, are great games, but they are more of uh, Ratchet and Clank and Resident Evil, you know? Sure. But Deathloop uh, broke the mold or made okay. a new mold. Okay. And your well, it didn't make pick. a new mold. It riffed on a mold. It riffed on a mold and people It did riff it. on it. It was a good mold to riff on. Yeah. What, what, what do you think is going to win? Uh, my prediction is actually my also my personal choice which is death loop nice um, for this for the same reasons right not only was it very heavily um uh advertised but having played it um despite its issues on the pc um that some people were reporting i still think it had something new to bring to the table even though it was also kind of more of the same right like it did everything kind of well it was it tried mm-hmm. to be something new that was also something we've seen before at least in a narrative um aspect and it was also like stylistically very cool right um, and i i really dig having a uh two black technically protagonists um so i was just really into that and i hope i hope it wins and i'm expecting it to win yeah uh my personal pick though is village why i love village i go back and forth on if village is my favorite resident evil what yeah yeah so wait between village and what's the other one um the other (laughs) so i've played five resident evil games which is the remakes of two and three uh five and then seven in village i tried to play four i I couldn't get through it um just a little bit too old for me but so weird i know i'm (laughs) i'm so messed up uh but i love village i love the like the not art direction but like the atmosphere i do like the art direction but like the atmosphere of it like really speaks to me um like the gothic sensibilities and Mm -hmm. i like the more action forwardness of it than like seven had 
um, because it was a game. I think I completed that game three, four times. I almost got every trophy, uh, but then the mercenaries mode pissed me off. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I loved it. And I thought the story was cool. And like, it got me at the end and I didn't expect to be got by Ethan Winters. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was that was the biggest surprise. Sure, the big twist was that I actually cared a little bit, and I wasn't expecting to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It felt like playing a really good movie, and not in the way that like playing a Naughty Dog game is like playing a movie. You know what I mean? Uh, it felt like I was uh, in a really fun B movie, and the okay. shooting felt cool. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just loved it. Werewolves. This is what happens when, like, new people come into the fandom. <laughs> they like, like Village more than the other ones. You know, Village, it reminds me a lot of uh, a little movie called Resident Evil Extinction. You you can't speak. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> we can go to the next category. <laughs> I will say that the next Resident Evil movie that they are producing... I am, like, excited to see. Yeah, I think that I'm looking forward cool. to it. That looks very cool. I'm into it. I'm excited for a more, like, straight adaptation. Yeah. It, it's definitely, like, a mashup of the first three games built into a here's what we... Like like an alternate universe sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it, it seems to work, and I'm excited for it. Um... We spoke about art direction. Resident Evil is not on this. So best art direction. Are we on art uh, direction or game direction? This is, No, we're not doing game direction simply because I think it's the same. Uh, Aside I was, from Returnal. Yeah, and I was actually going to give it to Returnal on that oh, one. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, out of out of the five, which are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts, and Ratchet and & Clank, uh, I think Returnal feels the most like... I feel uh, it feels the most directed to me. Like I think that game really carves itself out, and it's like Lovecraftian, um, mm. cosmic horror, big tentacle coming at me kind of way. It's funny that Deathloop and Returnal are both on here because yeah. the premise is the same. Um, like uh, on a base level. But yeah, then, huge uh, year for time loop games and twists that made people nauseous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Very interesting. Best okay. ongoing. Best ongoing. Um, we have Apex Legends, Warzone, Final Fantasy XIV, Genshin Impact, and Fortnite. I think this is tough because I don't. I, I'm not. I, go ahead. I don't. I don't think Final Fantasy XIV's won this one yet. Which it. Uh, which it should. This is its year. <laughs> it, this is its year if it hasn't. Right. Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't. I, I think Apex Legends and Fortnite have, like, th they've done it, all right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wars, uh, Call of Duty has had every chance, and they keep coming out with new ones. Warzone's not even that, like, anyway. Um, <laughs> Warzone's, like, new. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's been out for, it came out last year. Um, Final Fantasy has been out for nearly 10 years, um, has been there for you <laughs> when you needed an mmo right um and it still delivers each time every x-pack it still delivers mm -hmm. um 
the latest X-Pack isn't out yet. It was supposed to be out this weekend, but it got pushed back because they want it to be like the absolute best. And it actually drops the night of, or, or early access drops the night of the Game Awards. So, oh, wow. Or no. No, no. It drops that week. The It drops that week. Yeah. So, That's I mean, awesome. it's it doesn't even care that it's <laughs> dominated. Yeah. It's like, we it's wanted a good game for you guys. Um. So I don't know. I think this is a tier, and I hope it. I hope it wins. Yeah. Uh, where do you Where do you want to go next? Let's do. I don't know anything about indie games, and I'm sorry, indie gamers, but I just. Although. Oh, I've got an I, indie game take. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the nominees are Death's Door, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, Loop Hero, and Twelve Minutes. Um, Twelve Minutes is gonna win because nothing is fair. Uh, <laughs> and Death's Door is gonna get robbed. So you like Death's Door? I loved Death's Door. Okay, that game was great. That game, uh, for those who don't know, it's like it's kind of like a two D Zelda esque game where you run around and combat's really simple, and you explore dungeons and like it's it's a it's a good chunk of time. I think it was maybe like an eight hour game, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Art direction's incredible. The score is incredible. Um, I thought it had a really poignant ending. Like, I can't recommend it enough. If you've got the 20 bucks to drop uh, on Death Store, I would recommend it in a heartbeat. Little surprise it's not on the Game of the Year um, ballot. A little surprise. A little surprise. Not too surprised. Small games don't get up there very often. Sure. But... Um, I will say that Inscription I actually had the pleasure of playing recently. I think it is pretty cool. Um, it's essentially like a card-based roguelike, uh, so you're playing kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh! while also playing a roguelike game, which I think is fascinating. Nice. Um, (laughs) it's also got, like, some psychological horror and escape room-style puzzles in it. That's cool. So it's like, literally everything you love, they've rolled into a video game, and it's actually pretty cool. I need to check it out. It is pretty, pretty cool. Um, take, side note away from the actual, uh, I guess, uh, categories here. Mm-hmm. I will say that I am confused as to why Cyberpunk is on here like three times. Cyberpunk got nominated for, let's see, like score. Best role playing game. Uh, uh, Best score in music. Okay, so twice. Fine. It can maybe it can have those. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't I wouldn't give it role playing game poisonally, but sure. score sure whatever. Yeah, uh, it's techno. <laughs> it was it was pretty good. They got run the jewels. It was all right. Oh, that's true. They did. That was a good song. It was a good song. Um, do you what other categories on here do you care about? Um best community support i would also give to final fantasy 14 thank you i would give it to <laughs> destiny really A big you destiny head you're right um i think destiny 2 players are really cool and i wish i played more destiny 2 it's great it um the, i was thinking about destiny versus final fantasy and I, what i think came down to is that this is community support and granted mm-hmm. i am not super plugged into final fantasy so correct me if i'm wrong here but i feel like the tone from that game is always wow this game rules and then with destiny i feel like they get 
the support is like the actual support and not necessarily just the game is really uh, good too. Like there's weekly dev updates from Bungie. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like trying new stuff. And when it doesn't always work, they're, you know, good about like not acknowledging it. Um, I am a little nervous about where destiny is going in the future, primarily from a monetization standpoint. But I think like as the game itself plays, um, the community support is pretty solid. Yeah. 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 Um, let's take two more categories. Okay. Uh, do you play fighting games? No, that's not really my jam, but uh, I'd love to, I'd love to talk about them and have I'm, a take. I'm conflicted and nervous about this category. Um, simply because Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood, and Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl are all nominees. Um, I feel like Guilty Gear Strive is the most likely winner simply because of its kind of accessibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And people are starting to get into learning more about the Guilty Gear brand, I guess. Um, You know, it's kind of solidified itself as a really good anime fighter. Um, So people, you know, people know it. And amongst the fighting game community, they love it. Um, Same kind of with Melty Blood. Um, Melty Blood's kind of a little bit more niche, but people tend to enjoy it, at least for a, like, you know, a rando good time. Um, however, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl <laughs> took us kind of by surprise, right? I don't think anyone was actually ex- expecting this to happen. Um, th- at least not in the way it did, and to take off the way it did. Mm-hmm. Um and now they have like uh they're they're already entering esports there's been tons of tournaments already um so putting it on the world stage makes it a contender um putting money behind it in the way that it has money behind it makes it a contender and so i think it has a <laughs> dare i say fighting chance <laughs> and i don't like it <laughs> um I don't know. I think that I I think we know what Smash Bros is and adding Nickelodeon characters to it doesn't make it any different. But yeah. Um I Whatever. if anything I'd say <laughs> I've seen the most about Guilty Gear. I feel like this was the year it kind of like stopped being a thing that you saw go on sale on the PSN and wonder why does it have <laughs> so much punctuation in the name? Sure. Um <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I've seen a lot of people talking about it, and uh, it sounds like this new one was pretty solid, so I wouldn't be surprised if that runs away with it. All right, all right. Uh, best multiplayer? Yeah, I have I have some interesting... No, I don't know if they're interesting. I shouldn't call that <laughs> shot first. I have some thoughts on the multiplayer. All right. Um, which is that the two that I think are interesting on here is... It Takes Two and Monster Hunter Rise. Because mm-hmm. It Takes Two, uh, when it was on here, I was like, oh, that's got to be typo. That's not a multiplayer game. But yeah, of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is a, it's like, it, of course it's multiplayer. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is interesting because I think multiplayer for a while has been dominated by which shooter is the best. Yes. But the only shooter on here, uh, the nominees are Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim is back for blood and that is uh cooperative um there's not a cod on here there's not uh you know 
whatever other <laughs> big shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wonder, I've talked myself into an idea now that maybe it's because that every shooter now is um, games as a service. Mm-hmm. And so anything that would be nominated like Warzone or Apex isn't eligible because it didn't come out this year. Right. But I think out of these six, the one that I would take is Monster Hunter Rise. Mm. Um, because it first of all, it rules. If you haven't yeah. played if you haven't played Monster Hunter before and you've wanted to get into it, uh, this is the one. It's great. It's reasonably accessible. There's still a little bit of like menu scrolling to get through. But man, I when this game came out, I played it for like an entire weekend. Um, and they've been doing really solid content updates from what I hear. I kind of fell off, but I popped back in when they added Okami to the game. <laughs> There's a new Sonic the uh, Sonic the Hedgehog update coming out. Yes. Uh, which I am thrilled about. I hear you get to kill Big the Cat. Oh. I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to try to do it anyway. Don't know if I like that, but okay. No, I'm, I'm going to pull it off. <laughs> I'm going to clip through the game and find Big. Poor baby. But yeah, like I think it's interesting that Rise is on here because the co-op is great. Because mm-hmm. um, everybody has the same goal. It's pretty hard to grief. And you get to fight a big monster with your oversized gun lance. Gun and lance hive rise up. Or your sword or your shield. Yeah. Or your other, other crazy fantasy item. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. I, I would like to see Monster Hunter or It Takes Two run away with it. Sure. Um, I heard good things about Knockout City, but I couldn't figure out my EA password, so I never played it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. Uh, um, I actually played a little Knockout City um, because the city that I'm living in now, um, the studio, Valon Studios, is located not too far away from me. <laughs> oh, cool. So I was like, okay, let's see what they're producing. And it's actually a pretty good game. Um, as far as the kind of... Um, uh, elimination style uh, battle royale type gameplay goes. I think Knockout City has a really kind of cute and less uh, harmful take on the genre. Yeah. Um, that we've only seen from like Fall Guys, right? Right. Um, and I think Knockout, it, it, it's a pretty good contender. It's already on like a season two battle pass type um, uh, guide so i think it'll i think it'll put its money where its mouth is yeah um real quick can i ask you what your your top like three contenders for game of the year are game of the year it's got to be either i will say that i did enjoy village so i will be happy if death loop metroid dread or village takes it um, I love Psychonauts, but I did not play Psychonauts 2 yet, so gotcha, I cannot yeah. speak on it. Um, otherwise it might be that. But I did play Deathloop, I did play Metroid Dread, and I did play Village. All three of those games, I think, tried to do something different with their IP or just different. Um, and I think it was, a a pretty good time overall also nice. there's like they're all really like supernatural scary shit so and i'm into that so <laughs> yeah nice very cool Alrighty. uh before we wrap this segment up there is one last section most anticipated 
Oh god. These are games that are getting awards for not being out yet. Yeah, that's um, cool. So we are looking at Elden Ring, which we've seen some footage of recently. God of War Ragnarok, um, which we've also seen some footage of in the past couple of months. Horizon Forbidden West. Uh, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which we don't know uh, anything about. <laughs> we don't even know a real title. Yes. <laughs> and Starfield, which we haven't seen anything about, um, as far as I'm aware. So. Yeah. What do we... I, I, I think we've seen gameplay from Breath of the Wild 2. We've seen say. a little bit, yeah. So for me, it's like an Elden Ring... Breath of the Wild 2 scenario. I think it's either one of those, probably Breath of the Wild, because it's Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be shocked and a little annoyed if one of the Sony games wins. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah, because, okay, so I'm, this is a tangent, so I'm sorry. But uh, I've become a little tired, maybe, of the Sony first-party game prestige. Sure. You know, like when God of War 1 and Horizon 1 came out, it was like, holy crap, these games are amazing. They came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then it felt like the all of their marketing cycles so far have been like, hey, remember how good these games were and how good we make games? Don't we make good games? Remember Last right. of Us 2? Mm-hmm. And then I say, I try not to. And they say, yeah, but that game was good. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, man. And they're like, yeah, no, it was. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> it's a very feel it. uh, weird thing to be annoyed by. No, um, I, I think I get it. Um, I think we kind of look to um, consoles, companies to make their kind of exclusive titles. Mm-hmm. But in so doing, we also create these kind of endless series of... Uh, characters that we kind of get tired of seeing after a while. Right. Like, once you make a sequel, the original isn't as special. Right. Yes. Um, it's kind of like uh, why people got so mad about, like, Ghostbusters or Star Wars, right? Star right, Wars right. 1 is special. Star Wars 8 is like, okay, well. <laughs> well, okay. I'll quibble with you on Star Wars 8. but <laughs> Star Wars 8 was great. Um, but, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After a while, it does get kind of like... Like, let the thing die, you yeah. know? Like, I'm, I'm excited to play more Horizon. I'm excited to play more God of War. But it does feel like, you know, f- uh, feeding into the IP franchise mm-hmm. grinder. Sony needs some new characters. I would love a new character. They did Returnal. That was cool. That was cool. They did Deathloop, kind of. <laughs> kind of. They did Deathloop, kind of. Anyway, even though I'm tired of prestige sequels, I think Breath of the Wild 2 is going to run away with this one. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. I, I truly do. Although Elden Ring did look like it was giving Breath of the Wild a run for it. Oh, I can't wait for Elden Ring. I can't wait for a weird little guy in a pot to tell me I'm doing bad. <laughs> Alrighty. Perfect, perfect, perfect. There are other categories that we did not talk about, but... You will see on December 9th who wins best narrative, who wins best art direction, who wins best audio design, and so many more. If you care about esports players, you'll know mm. who wins best esports coach on December 9th. George Keeley's going to tell you all the winners. And then he's going to go back into Death Stranding. Yep. He's got to retreat back to a, 
a, a nomad's land with people carrying backpacks full of, I don't know, prosthetic arms. Yeah. That game <laughs> rules. I love Death Stranding. It was very good. Um, for now, it is time to wrap up this show. And as we do so, we ask you to give our listeners a recommendation. Which game should they be playing or be on the lookout for? Ooh, this is a this is a good question. I would recommend. Uh, okay, here's my deep cut. It's not a deep cut. It's a semi deep cut. My deep cut recommend semi deep cut recommendation is Monster Hunter Stories Two, Ooh. which came out I want to say in like August maybe, uh, and it's kind of like Monster Hunter by way of Pokemon. Um, so it's, you know, like a turn-based gotta catch them all kind of thing. Uh, and it's interesting. It's got a cute story. I think the battle system, um, is fun and engaging. Uh, game is only maybe like 20 hours long, which is, I was surprised by when I rolled credits that it wasn't taking me 80 hours to beat. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's cool. If you like, uh, you know, monster collecting turn-based fighting games it's one to put on your radar very good monster hunter stories 2 wings of ruin excellent um i'm going to recommend which which one actually i'll recommend metroid dread and here's why Next week, we are doing our quote-unquote book club episode. That's right. We're going to be discussing the game Metroid Dread Ad Nauseam. Nice. Like you would at a book club. I just beat it yesterday. And you will enjoy this episode because we're going to talk all about it. We're going to talk all about Metroid Dread. So getting ahead of that Metroid Dread episode, go play Metroid Dread. That's all I got. And finally, to finish off this episode, please let us know where we can find you on the internet and if you have anything else to plug. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter at JBStock2. Um, That's probably the best place to follow me if you're interested in my stuff or if you think my tweets are funny. Uh, And then you can go to twitch.tv slash old underscore man underscore moss if you want to catch the movie Good Show when we come back to talk about Nightmare on Elm Street. And why Freddy versus Jason might be the best out of all of them. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. As always, you can find me at Commie Gaming on Twitter, and you can find the Weekly Cooldown as well on Twitter at WKCooldown. Be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown Facebook page. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. Be sure to leave a review or comment on Apple Podcasts. I yell at you to do it every week and this week is no different be sure to check out the links in the description including of course our humble bundle for this week and remember that you can support your favorite charities and support our show our logo and art is done by corgian of doghouse esports follow corgian on twitter at d-o-g-h-o-u-s-e-c-o-r-g-i-a-n that's doghouse corgian on twitter our intro music is done by Riki. Follow Riki on Twitter as well at dog underscore noise. That's D-O-G underscore N-O-I-S-E. Dog noise on Twitter. That's all for the weekly cooldown. I'm Kami Jace. I'm Joe Blackstock. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.